Welcome. This is not your average musician podcast with me, Isaac Hernandez, and my gracious co-host, Dalton McLaughlin. What's up, bro? Not much. What's up with you? Not much, man. Finally, it's good to be back in the studio again. Uh, internet back. Setting internet back. back. Oh, it feels so good. And uh, I repainted. I got it. Looks it looks cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a race between what was gonna happen first. I was gonna get my Scarlet interface, or you were gonna get internet back, and you won. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I can't believe your 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 microphone bundle is still not there, man. It's such a bummer. I'm sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's coming, bro. It's 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 coming, and when it does, I mean, you know, it's, you're gonna look so legit. It's just not, you know, it's no factor. Yeah, I look good. I just don't, I sound normal. I want to sound beautiful. Yeah, radio Robust, beautiful. radio beautiful. With the warm undertones of Ooh. the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear yeah, you, man. I do. I do. I do have a couple fun things to share. Please. Because, you know, that's what we do here. That's um, what we do. Thing number one is that uh, Zoom music classes bumping along, like student teaching. I'm working for free. It sucks, but like, I guess that's part of the getting your certification. But it's, it's not cool. for free. You're getting something. Yeah, I'm paying to work. Wait, what? <laughs> not a right. big deal. Um, but it's fun. Like, I think the hardest thing, and if anyone out there is doing zoom lessons it's hard when you have i'm trying to think of how big our class there's 33 of us in the biggest one so that's hard and there's like lots of different levels for like the orchestra and so like we kind of have like some like exercises we do together that aren't playing and then we have like different assignments for the kids and it's like this is what you're practicing and then me and the the main teacher we go and like monitor their practicing and if they get stuck so that's cool um but on two other notes i got my fifth all-time birdie on tuesday golfing so let's uh take a moment to self almost also my best round six pars one birdie i was on fire uh i'll leave it at that it was a good day i was happy and then last night what's a what's a birdie again one under par so like par is what you're supposed to get Okay. But for example, like normal on a course of 18 holes, it's par 72. Is pa- a par is how many times you can swing the club, right? Kind of. <laughs> like for a each par- hole you, you get yeah. us. Yeah. So like normally like the, the standard is a par four, the short is a par three, okay. and the long is a par five. Yeah. So if you get under, you're a badass. Right. That, so would you bad- get... I got I got six pars in my round and one birdie. Now, what's a birdie? One under par. Ah. Yeah. It was a good day. Dude, I was having so much fun. I was buzzing. I was just out there. <laughs> I played the, I played I, yeah, that's a hockey term, buzzing. I'll get to hockey in a second, but I was out there. I played my round of golf. In like two hours 10 minutes which if you're playing with the group like it takes you four hours maybe five right like i just all by myself just boom boom just like hitting the ball 
I blew through a like including with my drive home and there. I caught up on the Spit and Chicklets hockey podcast. I like knocked out two and a half episodes. I was just I was so happy. Do you listen to a podcast while you play? Yeah, usually music, but I just was behind. I was like four episodes behind because they're starting to do twice a week again. Right. So I'm just like, all right, so it's podcast time. So it's fun. Do you think at some point we're going to do two podcasts a week? <laughs> when we're, dude, yeah, as, I, as I'm stealing it from my, my cooperating teacher. Uh, let me yet. let me guess not, on what you were yet. thinking. Let not me guess yet. what you were thinking. You were like, if you keep up, if Isaac keeps uploading at the rate that he does, there's no way. To, am I right that that was what you first thought? That might have crossed my mind. <laughs> You're like, not not if you keep working like a scrub. <laughs> we're not gonna upload twice. I was like, I can't even. I can't even handle once a week. Yeah, that's my pro- that's my problem bro that's that's like that for you it's like what i am is that i'm fucking up right here today and i'm like looking to the horizon like oh that'd be so cool and i'm like shit's falling apart here i couldn't br- i didn't even remember we had the podcast today i mean i mean i knew it was today but i wasn't sure about the time i just had to double check that's okay that that's why you check the google doc that uh, you made and i manage <laughs> tells you everything you need to know. You're I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's be, it's because I know what a scrub I'm gonna be eventually. So well, it's not that you're a scrub; it's that you're a rock star. You live the free life, and you know, in classical music world, if I'm not organized, I get in trouble, <laughs> and I don't like being in trouble. Yes. Let's kind of talk about what's going on in the podcast today. That would be that would be very smart. I have a friend. Her name is uh, Constance. She's uh, she's super cool. She plays horn, and for you non-orchestra people, that's French horn. It's technically called horn, um, but yeah, I know some people call it French horn. I know what you're talking about. Just if you walk into like Juilliard or MSM and you call it French horn, you will get. We'll get dirty looks. You're, you're the in the is... minority because everybody on my on my side calls it the French horn. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, horn, French horn, same thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I know from MSM, she's uh doing her orchestral performance now. Um. She'll tell us all about horn and orchestra life, which I'm super excited about, because especially now that school's back in session, I've been listening to a lot of. Uh, orchestra music particularly violin concertos because oh boy are they good Um, yeah i was like making i was eating my sandwich or no so i was eating my cereal and i was pumping scheherazade by rimsky korsakov i'm just like damn this is dope and then i was eating my sandwich and i was listening to sibelius violin concerto which is freaking sweet it's like no wonder why no no classical people want to play guitar like they can play this this is way better Oh man! So it's like it's like heavy, heavy stuff. It's good though. Cool. That sounds. It sounds very. It sounds really good. And I I don't yeah. think I've ever come across with a horn. Pl- I have to say French horn. It's it's hard. But when when she's on, yeah, I'll call you, it you horn. can say French horn. No, it's, we'll, just, it's okay. You're, you're the rock star. You can call it French. It's horn. it's I just can't. right. 
It's just when they say horn, I, th I think trumpet. And I don't know if that's a jazz thing. It um, is a jazz thing yeah. because in, in jazz land, a horn can be a trumpet or a trombone. Yeah. It can technically be a saxophone too. Like grab your horn. It's just like a general right. thing for like your instrument. Right. So it, it's yeah. kind of, yeah, for me, like I keep, I can't, when I say horn, it's like, I, I, just my mind goes to trumpet. Um, but that's, I, that's fair. That's I completely will, fair. I will battle with that. Um, but yeah. And, and let's talk about, look, today we're going to talk a little bit about breathing. Yeah. And, which is and, a really interesting topic. It really is. And how that, and how that exactly relates to music, obviously, because we have a horn player breathing is at the forefront of their thoughts in regards to i mean everything that they do you know it's it's yes. it's important it's very important it's a you know um but i don't know like do you think it's exclusive to horn players or wind players or those kind of instruments or you think like a guitarist or other musicians maybe a piano player maybe a drummer or something like that do you think it ha breathing has a place yeah, definitely. Well, my my first sense is uh, I'm doing my warm ups with the trombone, with concert band, the orchestra, and I want to pass out after ten minutes because I'm like, <laughs> I can't breathe. Right. So much air goes into some of these instruments, but yeah, I think in my world, um, breathing has a lot to do with phrasing. Like, you can breathe with your phrases. Granted, do I do that? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I usually think of, when I think of phrasing as a guitar player, I usually think of in the standard phrasing groups, which is the four bar, the third bar is the peak, the fourth bar is the taper out. That's what I think of it. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think of breathing that way when I play. What I have noticed in guitar world is sometimes when we get nervous, we just don't breathe at yes. all. Yes. Um, so that's probably maybe the same for other non-wind players, except for uh, bowed string players, which I'll get to in a second. But yeah, honestly, for us, if we are just breathing while we are playing, I know it sounds like you just breathe, but like, especially if you're playing like like a solo performance in guitar and you're nervous, like. Breathing is probably going to be like the last thing you do. Like you'll probably play like a really hard section and just having the, oh shit, don't mess up mentality in there. And you will forget to breathe. Right. I've done it and I've seen it done a handful of times. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of other instruments. Yeah. I guess phrasing would be the same. Uh, it's really common in the string quartet world, breathing. Because mm -hmm. uh, they don't play with a conductor. So it usually comes from the first violin player, but if you watch, even on YouTube, geez, but if you watch them live, they breathe a lot, they move together. So that's important for them. Yeah, like there's lots of like down yeah. cues and like things like that. They move with the music. Yeah, uh, like sometimes you see them like swaying. Yeah, I've it's seen dope. that. It's pretty yeah. dope. It's cool. Um, but I guess I'm trying to think of without phrasing. Phrasing is probably the big thing. If you're breathing regularly too, and I mean like focused on like relaxed breathing where like your jaw is hanging and your muscles are loosey-goosey, then like the natural breathing should happen. 
it's when other parts are tense that it happens. Like I remember I had this friend and he was playing like a really hard guitar piece. And I remember watching him and giving him some like advice because it was in rep class at mm-hmm. MSM. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you're shredding. I'm like, this piece is hard. I'm like, but you're telling us that it's hard. I'm like, you know, us guitar players, we play with the little footstool. <laughs> you know, like, like his footstool was like shaking. And I'm like, hey, man, I know it, this is about to get hard. Yeah. I'm like, you're tensing up, you're sweating, you're shaking your leg. And obviously, if you're doing all that, I highly doubt, unless you're just like a freak of nature, that you're breathing normal if you're right. breathing that much. So I think for, for me, like breathing normal means that I'm relaxed. Do I phrase with it? Sometimes, not all the time. I don't think it's necessarily, wow, necessarily necessary. Does that make any sense? No, I don't think it's necessary. There we go. Right. For us to breathe with that. Because I think if you're thinking of the phrasing, there's other things besides uh, breathing. Because if you're a wind player, like if you're consciously thinking about your breathing, that in itself can help your phrasing because you're going to need more support to uh, get a better sound to like crescendo and stuff. For me to do the crescendos, I'm thinking about how I push into the strings. Right. So that's not necessarily breathing related. I mean, it is, it's all related, but it's not breathing focused. But right. I've been talking a lot. So what do you have to say? About <laughs> so, breathing? No, it's all good. No, it's, I think, I think you bring fair points. It's uh maybe we don't directly have to focus on breathing because our obviously our playing doesn't depend on it. Like you could hold your breath and you will still get sound out of your instrument. Now I think but but I think the correlation between how your body responds to tense breathing or no breathing to relaxed breathing, I think that's very real. And I also think that the sound that comes from a tense body versus a relaxed body is different you know the same piece from the same person relaxed versus not versus tense it's gonna it's gonna be different you know it's gonna feel different and like you said the body language tells you like just right away like oh this is gonna be hard and i i I thought about that i was like if you think about like like real shredders or or real monsters like they make it look easy because they're they're relaxed, man. They're chilling. They're playing like really difficult music, and they're just. Um, I, they're I was. Not, I thought about you trying. today. I, I, I was. I was listening oh. to some Paco de Lucia today, oh. and I saw. Oh, yeah. pa- Paco's a. Paco's. A, oh my God, Paco's I, not even a person. He's just, <laughs> he, but he's not a robot either. He's just like, he's Paco. Yeah, he, Paco. Yeah, and and that was it. He was shredding, man. But it he. Like he makes it look easy, but it feels like it looks like it's easy for him. You know, I don't think he's n- no part of him is is tense. Like his legs are crossed. He's like back here, like chilling and yeah, totally shredded. Yeah. Oh, I have a quick thing before yes. Constance comes on. And it, it's not music or guitar related, but it, it is a little sports combat sports related sports 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 sport. yes this, this is like the weirdest part because we talk about and we also talk about like the most out there sports it's not like football you know we're talking about golf hockey and like brazilian jiu-jitsu bro hey man man <laughs> hockey hockey is normal hockey is 
Is it? All right. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's that dope. I'm just saying, Isaac. People love hockey on the East Coast. You're right. Maybe maybe it's because it's probably because I'm brown and it's just not in in my culture. Yeah. Yep. There's um. I think that's what it is. Yeah. There's this one guy, Mexican Canadian, Alec Martinez. He's very good. And there's this one guy. He doesn't play anymore. He was. He's one of those guys that you hate to play because he's good and he's also ah. kind of a dirty player. Rafi Torres was uh, one of the only other guys. And then there's a Scott Gomez. He was really good. He came from Alaska. He's like one of the first Alaskan NHL players. Wow. Uh, those off the top of my head are the three, even just any any little bit of Latin in them in the NHL. So, yeah, dude, it's not, it's not your game. So Sorry, man. It's just not. I don't, yeah, I it's don't blame you. no, it's all good, man. But, but uh, the, the breathing thing, this was big, especially like the first six months of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I remember, like, you're getting, you're basically getting manhandled and pinned, and you're like in really uncomfortable positions, and so it's hard to like not freak out. Never mind, like when you see new guys, like the first couple of weeks especially if they've never been in like physical altercations before it's it's i think you you just see a lot of freaking out and not not on purpose like they're spazzing but the breathing gets real heavy you get tired really quick and that's one of the things that i think i picked up or i try to pick up as fast as i could is just like breathing especially when you're like in really uncomfortable situations so like there is a 200 pound guy pinning you and like in, in, in brazilian jiu-jitsu let's just put that back in, there. <laughs> in yeah. brazilian jiu-jitsu so you're pinned down by a 200 pound guy like you, you can't you gotta breathe because you're not going anywhere man you know that that's 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 it you know like you gotta wait till he does something to you so you kind of like start making your move out of there but until until that happens you got to, yeah, you got to breathe, relax and try to get comfortable, you know, and that's, I mean, maybe it sounds a little bit distant, but that's something I try to bring back into my, my guitar playing. It's just like breathing in like uncomfortable situations or trying to breathe through yeah. uncomfortable situations. I would just tap out. God, that sounds like a mess. I'm like, leave me alone. Bro, you can, if you tap out from a pin, you're, you're like a wuss. You That's can't. okay. I no, play guitar. No. I play nylon string guitar. No, no, no. You don't tap out until the submission is on and you feel your arm is getting cranked. Then you can tap. But no. if if you tap no. out, you can't just like, oh, you're uncomfortable. You tap out. I won't. I mean, this is probably why my chest was injured. Is because I wouldn't tap out. You know, from from pressure. But whatever. Um, that sounds like an Isaac problem. <laughs> Yeah, it very much is. Um, anyway, so all right. Without further ado, let's bring let's bring Constance on so she can tell us about her amazing career and life. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's do this. So now I would like to welcome a friend of mine from my days at MSM, Constance Mulford. She is a horn player, and for you rock stars out there, the French horn, technically called the horn. Um, so yeah, either way, but a bit about Constance. She just finished up her undergrad at MSM in 2020. She's continuing on with her OP degree, which is orchestral performance. 
Uh, she's played in various groups, including the Metropolitan Youth Orchestra of New York and the New York Youth Symphony. She's also played in other smaller chamber wind ensembles, which she'll tell us about, which I don't know the name of, but welcome to Not Your Average Musician, Constance. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You are also our first um, person that doesn't play a stringed instrument. Oh, yes, not stringed, but uh, drums have also been like, you're our first. We've had a, we interviewed a violin player, um, but like as far as like people that like have to use wind all the time, you are the first. <laughs> so I am so stoked. We are a rare breed. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So thank so. you so much. Well, I'll, I'll start it off and get rid of this awkward silence. Um, <laughs> thank you, Isaac. Yeah, no, no worries. It's, it's part of the Zoom in life. Um, well, and again, thanks for coming on, Constance. Really nice to meet you. Um, let, let's just dive right into it. Let me ask you, um, what, what got you started with the horn? And as I understand it, it's a bit of a tricky instrument for beginners. So... Can you maybe tell us about your beginnings and what, what piqued your interest? On yeah, sure. So when I was in fourth grade, we had to pick an instrument, right? So I knew I wanted to be in the band. I knew I wanted to play flute. This is the interesting part. So we wrote down three options. And so I put down flute, clarinet, and I put down the horn just a random thing. Oh, you know, if they don't have those other options, here we go, I'll just put it down. And my band teacher at the time knew my mom really well. They went to high school together. And he saw that I put down the horn. And I think, honestly, if any kid puts down any rare instrument, they automatically assign that. Because <laughs> how many flute players do they need that are blonde and female, you know? <laughs> so, um, so I picked the horn and they had us try on the mouthpiece and see if we can make a sound and I could not make a single sound. All it was was air. And so I thought, you know, this is kind of not <laughs> really going to go well. I don't know if that's going to work for me, but I ended up getting it together, playing those, you know, those little single horns in band. And all along everyone said, oh, such a beautiful sound such a beautiful sound. And I really didn't understand what they were talking about because I didn't think I had a really beautiful sound because it was a beginner sound. So then I started taking private lessons and my teacher, love her to death. She is, has been one of the most supportive people along my career. And she, you know, for through everything, I've wanted to quit. I can't even count how many times I've wanted to quit. And she always said, you know, give it another year, give it another week, see how it goes. And I didn't quit and I just kept going. And then she said, you know, just get start playing in orchestras. What do we need to do to get you on the next track? So I kept playing with the Metropolitan Youth Orchestra and I started that in high school and I just kept going and I kept meeting people I think honestly, it's really who you know and who you meet and who you are exposed to as you're growing up. And it always seemed to be a little bit later than everyone else that I found that connection with someone to lead me to the next level. But 
um, when I was in the youth orchestra I was in on Long Island, I met someone who was doing Juilliard pre-college and his dad played horn and taught horn in a district on Long Island. And he said, you know, you have to get a lesson with Jeff Lang and, and Michelle Baker. And so I did. <laughs> and then I just kept taking lessons. And then my teacher, Michelle, taught at MSM. And then all of a sudden he's saying, okay, you need to audition for the pre-colleges in the city. So I auditioned for MSM and I got in and I went and I stayed there and I don't think I'll ever leave. <laughs> so basically that's kind of the short story. And I guess we can go from there. If you have any more questions about it, I'm glad to keep going. Oh, we have, we have questions for sure. All that's, right. that's awesome. <laughs> I, two things. One, I, I never heard the Long Island accent come out. And I just heard when you said Long Island, there was a little bit. And I was oh, like, no. Okay, there. oh no, I'm uh, embarrassed. I mean, I, I sound like a surfer California dude, so it's not a big deal. The the Long I, Island accent is one of, like, my, I'm so I'm from Brooklyn, and I'm, my fiance is from Huntington, so that's why I'm here, and, gotcha. and, um, when It's more I, prominent out there. Oh, yeah, I know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love it. When, when I met her, she was in the city, I'm like, where are you from? Because Long Island has always been, for me, this far land to the east you know and and then when i heard that i was like where is this place and she started bringing me out here and i'm like oh man this is it's a whole new world out here it really is yeah. i honestly think we're our own country really i love it it's it's, it's great it's, it's great amazing. but you know they have you know there's some people that you know you don't really want to hang around but <laughs> <laughs> that's every place though there are definitely yeah, a lot of people true. in brooklyn i don't want to hang around with but you know, dang, cool. Uh, before I ask you the next question that I really want to ask you, something popped up as I was talking to Sarah, and it was, <laughs> it was funny. So for people just filling, Sarah's another friend from MSM who is going to make her way to the podcast at some oh, point. Oh yeah. Um, but because you started pre-college in that, I didn't realize that you did pre-college and started MSM yet, like young like some people who start msm pre-college young were you like how old were you with pre-college and how old were you when you started msm oh pre-college was just my senior year because i was a little late to the game i know most people start like the string players that i went to school with in pre-college had been playing together since they were in at least sixth grade so they had been together for years playing, you know, they start in the little kid orchestra together and they just all kind of move up. Um, so that was a really nice thing to see how, how, how close they were and how it showed in their music, how easily they played together when it was a lot harder for the people who, you know, the brass kind of don't start until high school. So you know, we have kids coming from ninth grade and then they'd still do take seniors unlike other pre-colleges. So, I mean, I felt very new and it took a long time for me to like feel like I was part of the club, you know, but just, you know, Sarah was in pre-college with me. I don't know if you knew that. But she was in... in the I'm learning so much right now. Yeah. So what's kind of funny about that is Sarah and I didn't know each other 
in pre-college because we didn't have any classes together. And if we did, she didn't come. <laughs> and, Sounds about right. <laughs> and so um, she would just be in orchestra and that's pretty much it because she was teaching and living in the city already by herself. Um, don't tell anyone she wasn't supposed to. But um, she then we met each other, I think the first week of undergrad, we had um, Dr. Pagano together in humanities. And we just kind of hit it off. You know, we became fast friends and we spent a lot of time together walking around in between classes, fooling around in ear training and getting in trouble. We got in a lot of trouble in freshman year. It was kind of fun, but um, yeah, we've known each other a very long time without really knowing each other. Yeah, you guys would, would suck me into hanging out when I had to go commute to Queens. Like, oh, don't no, come <laughs> hang out at the lobby. I'm just like, all right, fine. Well, that's what Sarah did. She, that's how she was social. She would just sit there. And then I don't want to say victim, you know, like reel in her victims, but, you know, it was a happy thing. It wasn't really, she wasn't victimizing anyone, but, yeah. you know, I would get sucked in and hang out with her the whole afternoon. Like we'd have classes together and then we'd spend time together until we had dinner pretty much every day. That, that's how Isaac and I became friends. I sucked him into weird tunings. Um, that, that's good. Thanks. Um, so what I, the other thing I really want to ask you is, could you, I mean, you don't have to go into super great detail because mm -hmm. we'd be here for 20 hours. <laughs> what, what makes horn hard? Like what are, what are like difficulties with just like the, the nature of the instrument that set it apart from you know, say something easier in the brass world, like the trombone or the mm -hmm. tuba or really all of them. Right, so so basically every brass player will tell you that it's all about coordination and air. Um, if you have your tongue, your lips, your air, your fingers, and your brain, meaning your subdivision, your count off, all at the same time, it's probably a 99% chance of success, but that doesn't always work. So it depends on the range you're in. It depends on how loud you are, how soft you are, how supported you are with your air. Um, and by support, I mean like the muscular structure and how, how much air you have in your lungs versus how you're supporting your diaphragm with your abdominal muscles. It's how you're sitting, it's your posture. It's, it's so many things wrapped into one big bow, you know, that if one thing is slightly off and you get a little complacent or you're not having a great day, your lips are a little swollen, you're tired, anything, you stop counting. Something very, very minor can change the whole foundation of your playing. So that's what makes it really hard for brass players kind of in general. But with horn, because the lead pipe is so small and so long, and then the tubing itself is so intricate and 
basically, you know, each valve is a different horn because it comes from the natural horn. They would literally take out the valve and put in a new horn. So you have a whole different harmonic series with each valve. And we've learned to kind of modernize that by just switching the valves and creating our own fingering patterns instead of just switching the horn and having to be stuck with that harmonic series. So because of the way everything is built, and I of course don't know everything, this is just kind of like based on my own experience, um, it makes it really hard to do target practice, you know? It's like you have to have the air going through the exact center of the mouthpiece, the exact center of the lead pipe, and it has to be enough air to sustain. It has to be the, enough support to be in tune. It has to be your fingers line up exactly with what your tongue and your air are doing. Your lips have to be in the right spot spot you know like there's so many things that make it so complicated that if you think about everything you get overwhelmed and of course like probably me speaking about this is making people overwhelmed but <laughs> you know i'm making myself overwhelmed but that's kind of the thing you have to have all those things work but you have to not let it take over so you have that's the more complicated thing is the mental part is the physical things have to be working, but then you have to, you know, put that brain power aside and just simplify everything so that you're thinking, okay, I'm just gonna breathe and let it happen and I'm gonna play good music. It's a very long answer, but <laughs> that's it, very it like- sounds like golf. <laughs> like, just don't, like don't, don't think about it like you got a question <laughs> mechanics the, the second you think about your golf swing you mess up it's true because <laughs> if you overthink things it's not going to go your way damn that's i'm gonna give you a honorary mic drop because that was <laughs> a lot yeah and that's only part of it that's not even going into detail equipment and everything the, the cliff yeah. notes <laughs> I have a, I have a question. Um, sure, yeah. Do can you? And I'm very I'm very ignorant when it comes to horns, so this might be obvious. But um, can are you able to like pick up another brass instrument and play it? Does it does your skill translate to? That's very interesting that you say that because I have picked up a, a trumpet before, and it's been pretty successful. I mean, it doesn't sound like a trumpet. It sounds like a horn. In a trumpet, which is is very hard to explain but you know we're taught to have this the sound concept of a horn so anything that comes out of the horn is going to sound the way you've practiced and even if it's smaller you know i really think it's hard to switch brass instruments and not keep the the sound concept that you've been practicing for years it's really, it's kind of cool because you add a different element if you decide to switch, but um, it would take a lot of training, especially orally, um, to really get it to sound the way you want it to. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. 
feel like um, such a scrub, Isaac. I'm just like, <laughs> Isaac and I were talking before Constance about how we just have to like remember to breathe while we're playing guitar. That's it. We just have to breathe. You have something that I find really interesting because we're, we, our breathing is built into our music. So we don't even think about it, really. We, all we do is think about how big the breath is. We don't think of, about, oh my God, I have to breathe. You know, we don't hold our breath. So it's interesting to me to see masterclasses of string players saying, people saying, hey, did you plan out your breathing for this? And actually you have to figure out where you're going to breathe in the music because you just have to breathe as a normal human. <laughs> and it has to kind of like follow the music itself too because you have to still be involved mentally. It's really interesting. I've always been so curious about that. In our in our limited uh, discussion, we we kind of landed on, you know, it's really for us, it really a point of like relaxation. And when, especially in stress for stressful performances, it's when, uh, you know, we kind of like the caught have caught ourselves. I've definitely called myself like being tense and like not breathing, and then it's, oh yeah, it, it, it ruins the whole. It's just not good. Yeah. yeah yeah it's really scary that's the first thing to really go and um i don't know dalton have you taken dr Iker's classes at all you know what i i kick myself in the foot because my so my was it my last semester or my second i don't remember but i had the option to do the is that the alexander teacher class? no it's the the teaching techniques and performance techniques uh, well, anyways, I had the option to take, I think, the Alexander one, not mm -hmm. that one, but someone's like, oh, take the rhythmic, Rhythmica class with... Oh, uh, that one's cool. That, that class is cool, but I, at the time, I was preparing for a recital and teaching 25 guitar lessons. Yeah, that's like It was like the worst grade I've ever gotten in a class, which was a C+. Plus. That's a hard and, class. I didn't yeah. take it because I was too afraid. <laughs> But at the end, like the teacher called me, he's like, hey, do you want to do some independent study, get your grade up? And I just told him like straight up, like this guy's, Isaac, to fill you in, this is a Brazilian rhythm system that literally like this guy and like the guy he studies with and all the Brazilian guys know and the rest of the world don't know. And he's like, oh, you need to practice that and blah, blah, blah. Like this should be like waiting for the train. I'm like, dude, I'm doing waiting for the train and this stuff's not clicking. So I'm trying harder. And he's like, oh, well, you need to practice, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, man, I had 27 guitar lessons this week, and I'm trying to learn, like, four guitar pieces. And he's like, bro, you're teaching more than me. I'm like, yeah, so is it okay if I suck in your class? He's like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so well, with I should have taken something else, but whatever. Live and learn. Yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, there's always something you're going to regret missing out on. But, you know, we make decisions based on what we know at the time, and you – always think hindsight is 2020. Um, yeah, so with Dr. Eicher's classes, we spent a lot of time really learning how to calm ourselves before performing. And, you know, learning how to practice to really be successful and not have that anxiety in the first place. And then when you do, when it's an actual physical reaction, learning the techniques to slow the heart rate and open up the blood vessels and 
maybe stop the shaking or you know there are different reactions everyone has a different reaction to stress and so we spent a lot of time doing a lot of different breathing techniques and things that you can do right before you go in and clear your head and when your mind goes blank knowing what to do to get yourself back on track it's really good really good stuff yeah, before, before we ask our next uh, informative question, Isaac knows this, before I was playing like a Bach, I think in a recital, I was listening to Scary Monsters by Skrillex backstage. <laughs> that, that's what got me excited to go out on stage. <laughs> so yeah, I guess everyone has their own quirks. That's probably- so you like to get pumped up before you go on, right? Is that what- Yeah, there's like a relaxed pumped up. So. Okay. I drink coffee before I go on. Really? Yeah. Um, so you kind of need that extra oomph going in. Okay. Yeah, I'm too. If I drink coffee, I would be a disaster. I'd be shaking, and I don't think I'd be able to hold my horn straight. <laughs> it, it happened. I remember one specific um, instance where I overdid it, and I think I drank it too fast, and I'm like no. up there on stage, and I'm t and I'm uh, tuning. And I'm like getting my tuner, but my hand is doing this. And I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> no it's like, <laughs> it like that, that coffee was too strong and I drank it way too fast. So yeah. and it's got to be homemade coffee and I got to like pace it. Um, oh boy, yeah. Yeah. And it's that, that scary part when you first go on where you kind of see the nerves taking form and you're like, oh no. <laughs> okay, haven't even started yet, and I'm shaking and I can't breathe. You know, it, and that makes it worse because then you're thinking, oh my God, this is going to be a disaster. And then you have to think really quickly how to solve it and be calm about it. It's really tricky. Yeah, no, but I, I like what you said earlier about the, how you learn to do the breathing exercises to kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, calm down and not freak out yeah um could you would you mind telling us about your experience your experience at msm and how sure. what that was like you know yeah so every year was miles apart you know every year had its own thing the first two years were so busy with classes and orchestra and chamber music and whatever and everything just seemed like a lot of sitting down having teachers teach at you um and i felt like there could have been a better way of doing things where we could kind of have a better schedule you know because the schedule you know three hours of orchestra every day pretty much uh when we had those cycles we would have two week cycles and when you had an orchestra cycle your life was like so busy you couldn't even breathe and then you'd have a couple weeks where you didn't have anything except for the classes. And really the teachers I had didn't give homework. It was very strange. We would, we would have a really hard midterms and finals week, but the classes themselves were pretty light. You just had to be there and be present and listen. So it was very much like a roller coaster. Like there would be those weeks where you just be calm and have the time to practice. And then the weeks where you'd 
literally just be playing so much that you would be bleeding and icing your lips every day. I mean, especially me, because I actually did have an injury before I came to school. So I was kind of in the middle of my own kind of thing, trying to figure out if I could even play again. Um, plus trying to balance all this school and brass ensemble and lessons and how do I even play the horn? You know, you always have that, that weird existential crisis almost where you're like, oh my God, I've been doing things so differently. Like, how do I even practice on my own in a dorm with all these people listening to everything I do? Um, and then, so I got over that, of, of course. And then junior and senior year, it's like a breath of fresh air. Um, you have fewer classes and you get to pick your schedule for the first time, including electives and kind of the fun classes you get to pick as long as they're in the requirements. So I kind of took a little break junior year and I didn't really take every single class that I was required to because I, I did the math and I figured I'll save it for senior year, which probably wasn't the best idea, but I needed it. So I took junior year to just practice and have some fun with friends and spend some time really figuring out orchestra and you know, we didn't have the hall ready yet. So we were playing in Riverside. And so we would spend a lot of time there during rehearsals, you know, we'd walk around the park and really get out a lot more. And then senior year was, I mean, a little insane with auditions for grad school. The first semester was, oh my God, pre-screenings are due. <laughs> and when we got through that, then it was, okay, wait, now I have to do all the rep for every single school and then figure out when my auditions are and be ready by then. And so then you're like, oh my God, what's happening? Like, you don't even know how to balance the traveling, the, the practicing of chamber music for school, for orchestra for school. And then, oh my God, I have these solo pieces to learn. And oh my God, it's not working. Why isn't it working? Let me switch my pieces. Let me figure out what's gonna work better for me. What's gonna showcase the best me for them to see in 10 minutes who I am as a player and see if they even wanna take me and accept me into their school. So, you know, it's a lot of focusing on yourself senior year and, um, you know, there are many, many ups and downs and a lot of playing together and for your colleagues to really help yourself find the next level and see what's working, see what's not and getting out of yourself. I really, really focus on trying to get out of my own head senior year. And then of course the pandemic came. <laughs> And so that was a whole other thing. I finally, right before the pandemic, finally felt like I was getting to a place where I was, you know, really killing it, really finding the success and feeling like my playing was coming together and representing who I was. And then I have to move home and I lose all motivation and don't even know where I'm going anywhere you know didn't know anything about school didn't know anything about graduation summer programs any kind of um grad school 
acceptances. They were still not out yet. And so it took a while. I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't want to do anything. I'm scared to go outside. Um, Cause we didn't know anything about anything then what life was going to be like. And I thought, you know, very naively, okay, I'm probably going to go back to school later in the semester and finish it off and do graduation. And here we are, we're still kind <laughs> of in isolation. So <laughs> it's been a, it's been a roller coaster and it, it feels like so far in the past and so much has changed since freshman year and pre-college. Um, and I don't know why I decided to go back, but <laughs> you're going, but here I am. It sucks you in. <laughs> they do. I mean, the perks of not having to take certain classes and um, they really, they really do suck you in for that next step, you know? That they do. Yeah. So that was very long again. That's okay. <laughs> no, it's it's they're really good answers. Then that's kind of what this is for. It's for it's for long for long answers. So right, so those are all, big questions. Yeah, yeah, you're all good. I have I know Dalton has has a question. I can see it in his face. Yeah. But before before he asks his, let me let me have, let me ask one more. Um, what what's in the plan for you now? I guess with this, how are you navigating? You know, like you said, and I don't think it was naively. I, I also thought, you know, I'm like, oh, probably a few months and, you know, we'll be and and it's sinking now. It's like, all right, we're going to we're going to do this for for a bit. Yeah, um, we're so, in the long haul for this one. For sure. So what's it looking like for you now? Like, I guess, you know, for, you know, for school and I guess professionally or just overall, what, what's. Yeah. So I've been doing some teaching online and um you know, not a lot of people are doing it, but um, that's probably going to be my main focus is trying to build a studio. So if anybody wants lessons, you know. Yes. <laughs> can, can, I, can I get trombone lessons and I'll teach you guitar? Like, I want to get good at sure. I'm, I'm struggling with the, not that I'm struggling, but like for, for the newbie brass player, like 15 mm -hmm. minutes and I can play like three note range. It's like- Oh, I can help you out. You don't, you don't even have to teach me guitar. I, I used to learn guitar, actually. That's a funny story. I used to play guitar and I was horrible. I was so bad at it because I'm a lefty <laughs> and no one, no one could teach me as a lefty because it was just so different, but you know. I had a great teacher, but I was very unmotivated, so it didn't really work. But um, that you bring that up because I've told so. I mean, there's been a a couple of famous left-handed guitarists. Like there's this one I can't remember his name. There's a classical guy from Brazil who's big, and then like Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. but, like every other instrument does not have a left-handed version, so yep. I get. Like, I'm just like, I feel so conflicted because I was like, I want to play guitar, but I want to play left-handed. And then there's like, this like, the, the MSM side of my brain that's like stuck in tradition. It's just like, mm -hmm. have you ever seen a left-handed flute, a left-handed violin, a left-handed <laughs> piano? And like, no, those don't exist. Like, there's one way to no, play because your hands are like doing the same thing. And then like, I just like look at their face and they're just like, I really want a left-handed guitar. Oh, I'm, like, I know. Oh, I'm like, fine. 
So <laughs> I, I feel that, not to distract you with uh, pumping up the, the Constance horn studio. But, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so um, I really feel bad for for everyone who's right-handed playing the horn because it's a left-handed instrument, which Oof. I am lucky because I don't even, I never ha even thought about that until maybe last year when I was just talking to one of my friends and I was like, oh yeah, like left hand, wait, you guys are right-handed. How do you do that? You know, cause it's just second nature for me just to be able to, to play those fingerings. But the mellophone I played in marching band and the mellophone is right-handed. And I struggled so much with that because it's this, it's very similar fingerings. It's like a combination of horn and trumpet, but you know, like I'm so used to doing this and just, you know, trying it with the other finger and mirroring it was very difficult for me. So I feel really bad for the right-handed horn players out there, <laughs> which are a majority. So, you know, I guess I kind of lucked out there, but to further answer your question, um, I'm doing the, the teaching, of course, but I'm also doing New York Youth Symphony still, and they are recording an album for the first cycle to not have to do any performing because Carnegie is still closed. So um, hopefully for the last two cycles of next of this coming season, um, we'll be back in the hall, crossing my fingers. Um, but I, I get, I know they're, they're very innovative and they're always finding ways to be inclusive. And even throughout the pandemic, we finished off, we had to cancel our Mahler cycle, unfortunately, but um, we stayed together and we had these Zoom meetings and we would listen to old recordings of ourselves and watch along the score all together and talk about it and compliment each other. And it was really, really nice communicative experience. So I'm, I'm very, I feel very positive that things are going to work out with that, no matter what happens. But with MSM, I'm not going back right away. <laughs> I'm deferring a semester because the restrictions are just too much for me to feel like I'm getting the full OP experience. Um, because, you know, like with rep class and with all the things that we do, it's mostly performing with people and being 15 feet apart with the bell covers and masks and um, and not really having orchestra kind of for me defeats the purpose of paying a really large sum of money out of my own bank account for um, for a semester of being mostly online and and having a kind of an altered course of action. So, yeah, so I'll be home on Long Island with my cats. My cat is actually right next to me. He has okay. to be involved in everything I do, including horn. He likes to hang out while I practice, which is really funny. Yeah, my cat <laughs> loves coming into my room when I'm practicing. And yeah? He plops himself right there and he just, <laughs> kind of, he just chills. I'm like, all right. They love it. I don't know what it is. I guess yeah. it's soothing or Maybe. they want to be part of something that we're creating. They're very cool. It doesn't okay. sound soothing when I practice, but I, I get, maybe for a cat. Oh, maybe for a cat. Yeah. With a brass instrument, I'm always like, 
cracking everything and you know, they, he, he's not phased by it you know it's really funny just a very understanding animals yeah <laughs> thank god i don't know if i'd be as understanding yeah. <laughs> oh, good stuff well i want to ask so i just going to ask you a more serious question about all of your performance experiences uh, -huh. uh but two things one when i played horn uh, it was comfortable for me because I have really long fingernails on my right hand. That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm weird. Yeah, I file. I keep my forgetting nails. about that. It's it's just something that I never quite seem to grasp for guitar players. Is that your nails for one hand have to be really long and the other have to be really short? <laughs> wait, not wait. Let's not say guitar players because I'm I'm a I play electric guitar and I use a pick. So, okay, well, it's just, I yeah, just wanted to put that honestly, there. I think <laughs> it's a little more easy for me to grasp. <laughs> I always assume that there's like an extension that you put on your fingers. <laughs> it's like the stupidest thing ever. But, um, you know, when I was a freshman and I had just met you, I always assumed that you guys had this, like, you know what they do with the banjos, with the metal thing? That they yeah. Make? I always thought it was that. And, and then I got up close to one of you guys, I think you were Zeke, and I was like, what is this? Is this fake? And it, it really does look fake, but it's real. Well, you're, you're complimenting my nails, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're beautiful. I take very good care of them. They're naturally strong. I don't need any enhanced beauty product other than my <laughs> wide array of nail filers and <laughs> sandpaper. Please do not do not get him started on his nails. Or he he will go on a twenty minute rant. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I don't take very good care of my nails. They're just as short as I can because when I press down, if my nails get long enough, if I press down on the horn, they kind of just they don't get in the way, but they're just uncomfortable. So I just keep it nice and short. And you know, and for piano too, sometimes it's weird and clunky to have your nails long and and I'm definitely not a professional in piano at all, but I just do it for fun. So, what is it? What is it like uh, playing in smaller chamber groups? Because I know Dalton has told me about like you know, big. Oh, can can you talk about the small groups and the big groups? Because like, yeah. I saw. Oh my God! I went with Sarah before I moved back to California. We saw Firebird at the Met. Oh my and, uh, David God! David and the horn player. I don't know who it was, but like at the end, I was like reading for that like they, they that's, so those are my teachers in there yeah, in they, the are, they, they, um, they are just i there are no words every time i go and hear them play i am just awe-stricken there is nothing better than going and sitting in the opera and listening to that horn section play anything they're so good at blending they're so good at the the there's no passage that they can't do in a way that's just mind-blowing. You're just blown away every time you listen to them. Yeah, it's, it's kind of insane. And so every, I think that's pretty much everyone's dream job, you know, is to be in the Met or the Phil somewhere, you know. Um, it's just so, so great to to be in a section that's that sensitive i think at the met 
Yeah, so I'll go into some of my experiences playing in groups. So I actually played in a chamber group with Sarah. We did the Brahms trio um, with Claudia. And that was a lot of fun. I really enjoy playing with my friends more than just playing in a group in general, you know. Of course, probably everyone feels that way. It's way more fun to have in a chamber music setting to have everyone in that group be your close friend. Because when you communicate, you already know verbally how to communicate in a group. And that's really helpful for rehearsal techniques and discussions on how you wanna play something or rehearsal times. If you get in an argument, you know how to field it, um, which never happened really with us because we all kind of were very respectful to each other. Um, and then when it comes to the music, with Sarah, we'd crack up a lot, which became a problem for me because they can laugh and not mess up, but I can't because my mouth is connected to my instrument. So there were a lot of times in rehearsal where, you know, Sarah would give me a look and I would try to play it cool and then I just couldn't and I'd just start cracking up and had to stop playing and we'd have to start over. But in that performance, you feel a sense of connectivity that I've never felt with someone I'm not friends with. I really, really bounce off of my friends in everything I do. Just That's just how I am as a person. So when I bring music into it, it's, it's so much deeper being with those friends and especially in a small group with the three of us. It was really, really cool playing a piece like that where there's so much for each instrument I mean, not as much for the violin. Sorry, Sarah. But, um, you know, with the horn and the piano connecting and then horn and the violin connecting, it's so soloistic. And it really pulled everything together to have those specific people in that group. And we had a lot of fun. So I really, really enjoy playing with my friends in the smaller groups. With the larger groups, it makes it more fun to have people that you know in your section, but sometimes it can get a little silly. And I definitely have been guilty of, of being a little too silly in rehearsal and um, it's become problematic in some <laughs> respects. <laughs> but um, it's really, really fun to play for and with people that you respect. And in those large groups, it when you have those big sections where the horns are playing the loudest they can and the strings are backing you up and it's just this giant orchestral sound, it really, I honestly don't know a better feeling than being part of a big sound like that. And, and hearing yourself be part of it and not even really hearing you individually but you hear the full collection of the sounds. And I really enjoy, I really, really enjoy the big sound of an orchestra. Um, so I think that's what's really hard about being in quarantine is you don't have the ability to be part of it. And, you know, of course we're adapting and I love playing chamber music, but the real, the real thing I'm, 
I'm going for is an orchestral position. Um, and of course I'll do anything to play music, of course now, especially. Um, but yeah, I mean, every orchestra is different. It's kind of funny how there will be, I'll have favorite groups because of the people and then I'll have a favorite group because of the director and they're all in different ways. You know, it'll, like when I played in the Stony Brook University undergrad orchestra, that was the most fun orchestra I've ever done. We would laugh probably a little too much, but we would just have the best time together. We'd spend time as a section, as the horns. We'd spend time away from orchestra together. We would go on the break and go get Starbucks and Union when it still was there. And we'd race back to get to rehearsal on time. And, and the TAs would be so supportive and so great. And they were in the doctoral program there. That was the most fun orchestra I've ever played in. And then pre-college was kind of the most put together orchestra, at least on the strings, you know. Every orchestra, every group you play in has its perks and it has its, its little memories that really make you miss it when you're not part of it again. So that's pretty much that's my beautiful. experience with, with orchestra. It's very like romantic, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's really interesting because there have been chamber music groups that I've played in that I've really hated playing in. And it's purely just because they're not my friends. So yeah, I don't know. I hope I play with my friends someday because I don't know what else to <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that's definitely the part I miss. I miss the most is uh, like me and, me and my best friend are, you know, we're in the same band together. And, and it's like, man, I, I miss playing gigs. I miss, yeah. you know, that I mean, I miss doing that. It's, it's just a, a good time. Um, I know that nice. Dalton I, is on. I feel like such a scrub. Yeah. I don't like playing music with other people. Yeah. It's actually okay. really nice That's not what you're that. supposed to say to the I public. They know already, though. He's you're not shy about it. Be quiet about that. <laughs> I play solo guitar. That's why I started doing the percussion part. I'm like, I need a yeah. freaking drummer. What do you <laughs> do? You have to. Play I'll play all the parts. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> All you need is acapella in your set, right? No, I play the melody too. Yeah, you play everything. No friends required. <laughs> that should be your Instagram handle. No friends required. Oh dear God! That, yeah, sure. Why not? That's, I love. I love it. That's a. That's a really good one. Yeah. That should. That should. I be mean, it. I've become really solitary too, um, which is it's comforting in a way because. If you don't put anything out there, there's no one to judge you, but yourself. Um, so, you know, it's really, it's really hard practicing alone all the time and not playing with anyone and not having anyone listening to you. But it's really nice for other things, you know, for, for just living and, you know, not having the pressure of, okay, I have to prepare this for this rehearsal you know, I don't even know what that's like anymore. It's been so long without a rehearsal, 
that I don't even know what I would do if I got called in for something. <laughs> it's like not, it'd be like hyper anxious and and all the performance anxieties would come back for sure. Uh, yeah, I've just, I've learned, I always learn so much from these interviews. They're so much fun. Um, cool. Uh, well, before we wrap up, one, thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for being our first horn me. player. Was there, was there anything where you're like, oh man, I'm getting interviewed for a music podcast. Is there <laughs> anything that's like, that you wanted to like talk about that we didn't touch base on? Or did we kind of cover most of it? I mean, I didn't come prepared. I asked you if I should prepare anything, and you said no. Well, we we asked the questions, so it's yeah. like it's more it's more organic and fun that you answered on the fly. Because if you like take notes, and then it's just like, oh, this just sounds like a boring script. Yeah, and that I'd sound like a robot, and who wants to listen to one of those? Not me. Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me let me ask one one last question. Oh, did you have something, Constance? No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well, it was it would be like, what would your advice be for anybody looking looking to to walk the musician path? I say just have fun with it. If you're not having fun with it, and someone is telling you that you need to practice more, if you're not having fun practicing, then you're not going to practice. You have to find what is making you love it and the way you do that is by playing music that you love and if you have to do something that you really don't want to do and you have to practice it you get it done first you know you just do it you get it out of the way and then you find a piece every practice session an etude or just anything from any other instrument and you just play it and have fun and just keep learning new things because the worst enemy of a musician is getting in a rut and getting burnt out with the same thing over and over. I think, especially for classical musicians, it's finding other niches and facets of the career path that we may not learn about or even ever be exposed to without searching for. And one of the, the best things, I really have to give credit to the Amani Winds because they have shown and educated people in so many different cultures and the music that they bring into it and new music and diversity in the arts. And doing their summer festival has really pulled what was kind of lacking uh, from my music experience. And so doing all those fun rhythms and improvising and playing jazz on a horn, you know, it's things that you wouldn't do at a conservatory, but you should do it anyway. Do something that's not in the traditional path because you gotta just make yourself marketable. It, you know, as simple as it gets, you have to get a job somewhere. And the more things you are able to do, the more able you are to get paid for doing what you love. And if that's your motivation, great. But my motivation is, hey, just do what you love and keep doing it. And 
keep finding new ways of making yourself happy. I love it. That's oh. awesome. Oh. <laughs> that's it. Oh, man. You kept saying stuff. And I was like, oh, that's the title. No, that's the title. No, that's the title. I'm like, now I have to go back and decide between like four things he said. I know there is a title in there somewhere for this episode. So we're good. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was really nice meeting you. Thank you so much for coming nice on. You too. Thank you so much for having me. I really had a blast. Thank you. Yeah, we'll have to bring you back. We'll we'll have a a, a like ninety percent playtime episode with Sarah because I know <laughs> if, I know if we have Sarah, like it's gonna be. It's a little more than playtime. It's like chaos. <laughs> but like educated chaos, like you learn oh, that's stuff. That's a good title. Educated well, not for this, chaos with her. With her. Yeah. yeah, we we definitely are. I'm sorry, my alarm system is going off. Um, we are definitely uh, partners in crime and we will get silly and you're just going to have to deal with it because there's no stopping us once we get started. And Dalton <laughs> knows that from experience. But Isaac, you're in for a show. I look, I look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Love thank talking to you guys. Thank you, Constance. Thank you. So that was... Constance, uh, yes. again, horn player from MSM, New York girl. Um, yeah, well, because now that I know, because on Instagram, she's more of like, kind of like a, a blend of like, there's some horn, some friends, some family, some cat, you know, but now that she's like, hey, I'm uh, doing more horn stuff, we'll definitely pump, pump up the tires. So if you want to learn some brass, I guarantee you, if you are new to a brass instrument, she could help you out because she's going to help me with my horrible trombone skills. You have to learn tr trombone for your for school, right? I don't have to. I just, dude, I'm so bored and like, I just want more toys to play with. And of course, you know, like normal people like, oh, I got an Xbox. Oh, I got that. I'm like, yeah, I, I got a trombone. Yeah. <laughs> I would, so, I would, I would say, I was like, dude, let's play Call of Duty or something, but I don't want to well, corrupt you whatsoever. Um, we need one scrub is enough in this duo. Yeah, I guess. Um, but you're not the only person that wants to play video games with me, so. Oh, all right, all right. Get in line, yeah, bro. <laughs> you're, you're on Team PlayStation. My friends that want to play are on Xbox. So. I, oh, come on, bro. What are they playing on Xbox? Uh, well, I have one friend that plays nhl a lot like the hockey because you know i love them we love the hockey of course uh and then oh they just came out with, uh pga 2k 21 he's like bro we need to play some xbox golf and then yeah like your standard call of duty i just i mean, late at night like i've been like this sounds like cliche but ever since like school started up like in my free time at night i like i'll watch videos of like violin concertos or like people making guitars. Like I like learn stuff. <laughs> like no, it's that's, so, that's good. Yeah, except if it's hockey. If it's hockey, that's like my play time. Yeah. I but, have to I have to reduce my play time and get a little more. Remember, more, more play time is over, work time has begun. Yes. That's that's where it's at. But uh dude, that was a really cool episode, man. She um she's a personality for sure which i thought was great but no she um 
it's really interesting especially having people you bring people from your world to the podcast because i'm sure it's new to people that are listening and people that will listen it's definitely new to me you know i'm from like yeah literally a different a different world and that's how broad dude that and I, I know i say this like every episode but it's so broad and everybody does their own everybody kind of finds their own path and carves out their their thing that they're going to do with music it's so broad everybody's journey is so different you know what i mean it's broad it's different but in a way it's all the same you, yeah but it's not yes yeah yeah no no totally agree because there, there are so many you know when she's talking about practicing and these things and and like the experience and i'm like we're from two different worlds in music but like i like i totally relate to yeah and then just talking about the the sensitivity of the horn she's just like oh well you know this day wasn't good for me because i was playing so much that my lips are cracked like that for me is like i'm having a bad nail day you know <laughs> I've, i've been there man i had to use a fake nail at a recital because i messed up one of my nails so Damn. like i get i get that we all have our we're all sensitive in different ways to be cliche but yes. very true about it yeah And one of the things I really liked that she talked about was like, you know, how to like handling nerves, you know, before a show that was and kind of how everybody has their own thing. But um, that that was pretty dope, too, especially breathing, Skrillex. I've had some people like, dude, I take like the beta blockers Mm. to like calm down their nerves, like an actual thing that they got prescribed from the doctor. I've heard of that. Um, So, yeah. Team Skrillex, though, man, listen to Scary Monsters before you play classical guitar. <laughs> Pump, get pumped. <laughs> get pumped, yeah, get amped. Yeah, bro. Um, cool. Is there anything else on your end? I I don't think so. Um, to wrap it up, obviously, for everyone listening, tell all your friends about not your average musician podcast. Help this podcast grow. Uh, it's on all the platforms spotify apple podcasts uh youtube if you want to see our beautiful faces so yeah check it out and um definitely pump it up on but again sharing with friends i think has been big for me and also like you totally don't mind you know when we uh post something on instagram whether if it's like a personal video or a podcast related like pump it up because it all goes to the same place. It'll find out about our lessons, our new projects, the podcast and everything. So yeah, you like it? Like dude, repost that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah we, we teach guitar, we play guitar. So Dalton posts uh, performances. I post more lessons and teaching little mini lessons on Instagram and things like that. And you know, podcast clips and all that stuff. They it goes on the it goes on the gram. So definitely follow follow us there. And and I would also say like uh, you know just shoot us a shoot us a message. Slide slide into those DMs. Yeah, you know if you're if you're somebody listening that we don't know who you are. One, thank you for listening. Two, we'd love to hear from you. Um, maybe you have some other insights. Like I know. Uh, Like I like, like some of the Instagram musicians I follow are all from Europe. So if we have some friend or meet some friend virtually 
and I would love to hear about a European or some other country music scene. That would be fascinating. That so. would be that would be so dope. I mean, if you th think about because we've been like pretty local, you know, about like you know, you North East Coast musicians. I, well, we have interviewed people on like two different islands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's it's mostly been American American based. Um, but. Yeah, that would be that would be super dope to to make this go go a little a little more international global. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, thank thank you everybody for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Sounds good. See you guys.